Hi, my name is John. And my name's Chris. And, and this, this is Stay on, on Target. Hey, everybody, welcome to Stay on Target. We are your hosts. You can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com. That's right, John. This week, we are reviewing The Lion King. The Lion King. The, uh, not the original animated, but the new animated. <laughs> the, live action slash live action slash live action yes yeah. yes i mean like that's uh, the thing like whenever we were sitting there afterwards i like you mentioned that there were like some some real life shooting locations um but like that none of the the characters were basically real it was just some of the locations I mean, i'm making a guess on the on the animals but yeah i don't think any of the animals were real yeah because i mean other than maybe like oh that random giraffe there that was just kind of like oh lucky shot <laughs> like it's just he standing just there on set. <laughs> yeah they're just standing there in the shot and they're like well i guess we don't have to comp in a uh, a giraffe <laughs> my question is did they have to like take anything out similar to like the birds in uh the last jedi on that island or whatever like did they have to like cover up some animal like where it's like that's not we don't we don't feature that animal in this movie and so they like, put a rhino on top of it or something well, and the thing is, like, uh, I wonder, and this is just from, like, me doing a cursory browsing on the web. It's like, well, they shot some some areas in South Africa, yeah. and, and uh, but a lot of it was shot, you know, like, was shot. They used they, kind of like the Avatar kind of thing where you have your <laughs> digital cameras yeah. um, on on a digital set right. um, in Los Angeles. Like, well, this is the thing. I, I mean, I'll be interested to see the uh, the special features for this. Because at some point, it just becomes easier to go shoot this thing rather than like, hey, okay, we need to animate all these grains of sand in the yeah. Sahara or yeah. whatever. You know, like... Yeah. I mean, like, at and some then, point, it's like, uh, this is cheaper and easier if we just go shoot it. Right. Well, and you think about, like, whenever we talked, uh, whenever the Vanity Fair article for Star Wars um, Rise of Skywalker came out, like, we were talking about how J.J. was, like, going on about how, like, and the light refracts off of the sand and, like, all this stuff. And it's like, he's like, well, you know, you can't recreate that digitally. He's like, there's, wouldn't know, even know to do that. And, like, so, right. you know, there's some element of that in this where I'm just kind of like, like you said, like, would it be easier just to, like, go out into, like, the the jungle or whatever go out and go out to africa and like shoot this thing actually do it yeah i mean granted i'm not a digital animator and i'm sure there's there's you know i'm sure it's it's a it's a fun task to yeah. be like okay i need to make this look as real as possible yeah. and no one's gonna be able to tell the difference at all and i'm sure right. that's super super fun yeah but at some point it's like just from a you know if i'm i, I can imagine even in that scenario if i was like you know Doing something that's like super, super extensive. I'm like, why don't they just go shoot this? I am literally, <laughs> yeah, make, making grains of sand <laughs> look real. Why don't we just go shoot real ones? <laughs> well, that I sounds also, like a better I, idea. I also figure like it's it from a from the perspective of like th this work, like some of the modeling work that they've done, where it's like we now we have the most realistic. Uh, lions and elephants or whatever that we've ever had. And so, like, you can potentially, like, if it, part of that movie studio, like, or part of that, like, they, those are now assets that exist somewhere, so you can take them and, like, maybe use them in, in a different uh, scenario, in a different movie or something like that. So, like, you know, the next time it's a live-action movie, it's like, well, we just need some some really good digital lions here. Like, it's like, yeah. well, some of the work, not, not all of the work, you know, and so like, at least... A day of the work is already done because, like, you already know what a lion's like body structure will look like, or like whatever, so or how it will move and stuff from this movie. So yeah, 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 man. It's a uh, it's uh, if nothing else, it is a feat of animation it and is. computer 
computer uh, animation. It is. And I was amazed, like, how quickly I forgot. Like, yeah. yeah. Which we will get into that in that, the review. Yeah, we'll get yeah. that in the review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so um, we'll review that a little later. Uh, bef- first, John, what have you been up to this week? So this week, what was this week, man? I don't even, like, I, I, there's, like, my life is so busy right now. I have a, I have a huge project, like, that's in right now. And so I'm, like, I'm, I am completely unaware of, like, what things are. Okay, that was this week. My birthday was this week, Chris. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to figure out, like, if that was this week or if that should have been talked about last week on the podcast um, because, like, a, you know, a couple of podcasts who I missed or whatever. So I just, I, I, it's like, well, there's the lost week of, uh, of my, my podcasting. Um, so my birthday was this week, and uh, that was awesome. On Saturday night, we, we, uh, we met up, um, Catherine and Des and uh, you and Dee Dee, and we, uh, we hung out yep. and uh, did, some, did some dinner, and it was a great time, man. It was, it was an awesome, awesome, uh, relaxing weekend. Uh, we got a bike ride in, hung out with, uh, with the fam a lot, and, uh, and that was a good time. And then on you know, awesome. Monday, we uh, went out to lunch. I think that was the biggest thing we did, did that night. Uh, Catherine and, and Des and I went Monday out to lunch. Monday was your actual birthday. Yeah, Monday was my actual birthday. So, but, uh, but both of us, you know, obviously, because like, it's, it's in the week, like, you, yeah. you work, you know? And it's like, yeah. that's, that's just how, how, how it rolls. And so, obviously, you know, we celebrated on that, that Saturday. Uh, which was which was awesome, dude. But I think my uh, birthday less of a surprise than what happened to you on Saturday morning, which was yeah. very much a surprise. Yeah. So uh, long story short, um, Didi surprised me with a half birthday celebration. My half birthday was technically in June, but a half birthday <laughs> celebration on a kayak trip. So what had yeah. happened was one of our friends had like had had texted Didi and I. This was all like DD, part of Didi's plan. So just like none of this was like a surprise. She texted us and was like, "Hey, I've never been kayaking before. I'd love to get, lo- love to do it. Um, could you? Uh, would you guys take me?" And I was like, "Sure." And so like honestly, what happened was that kept me from inviting a ton of people. You know, like because yeah. normally if like, "Hey, I'm gonna go to on a kayak trip," I might as well invite you know a bunch of friends and like right. have some fun on, on the on the river. And uh, so like that had kept me from inviting a ton of people. Well, so like we get there. And uh, we run like we run into some other people that like I, I like some other friends and like I, I was, we were I was surprised to see them, but it wasn't like out of the realm of possibility that they would also go to right. Uh, and so like I was like, okay, cool, well this is awesome. Let's just like hang together and blah blah blah. So we get down like the bus takes you to the the river um, and you pick out your boat and I like pull my boat down to the down to the river. And I noticed there's like a big group of people standing down the river, but I thought like, oh well, it's just a group of people down there like getting ready to float down the river together or something, whatever. I, you know, you're like your brain just doesn't like immediately go to like what it is. It just like makes well, tries to make sense of the weirdness. There's, you there's know? a lot of yeah. There's a lot of like of of hills you have to get over to the fact yeah. of like it being like a, a a group of your friends hanging out and like partying like a surprise right. for you. Like I right. mean, like that's the there's a lot of things that you especially when your birthday's on Christmas. And it's July, you yeah. know. The th- I think I think like I was talking to Didi afterwards, and uh, so Naomi Parton, who's been on the who's on the podcast, reviewed Kingdom Hearts three with us a yeah. few weeks back. She her, she and her husband were there. Like, if I had seen them, I think that's what would have like made me be like something's off, like something's weird, because like 
I don't know that they ever go kayaking. I also like they also live way up like like East Nashville. So like they're like the furthest away from where we were. Like if they're going to go kayaking, this is not the place that they would go kayaking, I guess is the thing. Like they would go somewhere else closer. And so like that's the those are the people like if I had seen them, that would have like I would have tried to make sense of that. Yeah. But everyone else was like whatever. So anyway, I came down there and I I'm pulling like the boat into the water. And like this group of like 18 people like screams, you know, surprise and like happy birthday. And like, and I like look around, I'm like, who's behind me? I don't know who's here. <laughs> like for a split second, I thought maybe like you were there somehow. And like there was this a group of like friends or something like that. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what's happening. Um, because like I immediately like at, at first I didn't recognize that it was all of uh, our friends. And then like once I'd start making sense of that, then I'm still like, who are they here for? I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so anyway. <laughs> Uh, but it was so basically it's it's uh, my birthday's on Christmas as we've talked about before podcast listeners probably know um, and uh, because of that I hardly ever get to celebrate with uh, friends like the last time I got together with friends for my birthday was my 20 25th yeah, yeah no. that sounds right yeah well, my that 25th. sounds right yeah uh, with with D, oh, was it twenty fifth? It was a big that make party. Thirtieth, thirtieth. Yeah, that sounds that Sorry. sounds more right. Yeah, Chris. so like so like you know, uh, four years ago or whatever that was, three and a half years ago, and um, and so uh, but like counting that, I was like, I, I feel like I can think of maybe like to grand total counting those two like six birthday celebrations with yeah. friends or whatever which by the um, way now moving forward now that you've yeah. said that i'm like yeah. i'm like in my head i'm like well we gotta fix this you know we gotta like we gotta <laughs> yeah. like if chris, if chris wants to hang out with some folks for for a yeah. birthday party we're gonna hang out with some folks <laughs> for a birthday party every year now you know <laughs> yeah well and it's just and it's hard because i get it because it's like you know there's christmas and lead up to christmas is always busy then after that you got new year's mm -hmm. so and then once it's in january you're like ah your birthday's passed we're <laughs> We're all over Christmas. Christmas yeah, is done. It's like, We've it's like that was last tree. year, you know. That even, was last year. <laughs> even though it was like five years ago, ago. man. <laughs> it was <laughs> 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 like, we're done. We're over that, all of us. So, and I'm not like, and I've never been like, you know, like no. weird or bitter about it or anything. No, no, it's no. just like, whatever, you know, it's just like how it happens. <laughs> It's just, uh, but uh, yeah, exactly. it was cool. It was, I was like, man, I kind of like, I've gotten, I was like, I kind of like a, a summer birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fake, you know, and fake summer birthday. that's the thing. Like, I mean, you could just, you could just decide to be like, oh, well, you know, forget the regular yeah. birthday. Let's just do the half birthday thing. You totally. know, I'm, and I may, because like, I don't, you know, I don't just like do it in June or something. Cause it's like, you know, the, yeah. I don't know, outdoor activities. What, 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 what can you really do around yeah. here? Well, you and know, the like, chances, there's not like, that much it, snow. You can't go skiing. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and I feel like the chances of like people being able to, to, to meet up on June 25th or whatever are higher than, yeah. you know, than, than the two weeks around totally. Christmas and New Year's, you know, so. 100%, 100%. But yeah, that's awesome, yeah. dude. Um, so I've also like before, so in gaming, uh, I've also uh, started playing through and I'm almost done, I think, with uh, Sonic Forces on Xbox One. Nice. Yeah. So I don't know if you remember, I, I told you I downloaded it and I was playing it on Switch. But I like I kind of just dropped off, and I, I like what, this kind of touches on some things we talked about last week. I didn't like the way it was playing. I didn't like the way it was controlling. It looks kind of terrible <laughs> on Switch, <laughs> and, and um, I don't know. Like I just didn't like the way that the uh, Joy-Con mm -hmm. um, uh, thumbstick was controlling, and then mm -hmm. the lack of a D-pad just mm -hmm. like threw me off. Side note. Fultron has told me that apparently there are like special edition Joy Cons you can buy with actual D pads on them. Uh, like, I think those are like third party ones, though. 
He told me that they were like official, like, you mm. know, like they had like a Zelda one or like there was like a, there were specific ones. I haven't looked it up yet. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, because otherwise, like I would be all over a Nintendo, like an official Nintendo Joy-Con with a D-pad. Know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look it up now. I do know that I'm there's gonna... a lot of people who have like modded their own controllers. Like you can get like a kit to uh, to like literally swap out the D-pad that exists, like the, those little buttons and put in a D-pad uh, into your Joy-Con. But but then you void your warranty on the Joy-Con, which who cares about that? But you also run the risk of like breaking your Joy-Con, like where it's like, oh, I've yeah. you know, there's so many people where it's like, well, I broke my you know, seventy-nine dollar Joy-Con now. Um, but yeah, that's uh, I I I really I'm like ninety-nine point nine percent sure that there are no official Nintendo Joy-Cons with a D-pad. So I'm I'm sitting here looking at. <laughs> Uh, it's uh, let's say uh, let's see here. All right, so this is it, it, so this is the way that, that it goes with with the Nintendo stuff. Like yeah. it's officially licensed for mm. sure because it's got the it's got the Switch and Nintendo logos all over it. It's yep. got the official seal yep. in the bottom. This is a Zelda, um, a Zelda. Uh, is it made it's, by? It's, Hor- uh, it's made Hori? by Hori. Yeah, Hori. They do a Hori lot Nintendo of those, Switch like, Zelda D pad left Joy-Con. But I'm like, I mean, honestly, like I've never had any problems with anything that's been licensed no, like that. No, no, no. With and the that, switch I, packaging, I do seem to remember that that one is it, the only problem with that one is that it can't be removed. It has to be on the actual device, which is fine. That's fine. I don't ever take it off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is that fine. was the, that was the, that was the problem. So like, I think like, okay, now and this is only 15 bucks, man. I'm gonna buy this. Go for it. <laughs> um, do it. Yeah, so I think like uh, I would have been okay, like playing okay playing this had I had a good D pad. Mm. So I'm gonna check that out. But um, I uh, in the last like whatever sale happened, I feel like it was like Fourth of July or something like that. It was it was on sale for super cheap, so I bought it. And I'm like, I'm just gonna play it on Xbox One, dude. I actually really like this game. Yeah. Um. So it's uh, you make your own Sonic character, correct? You make your own Sonic character. That's not my like favorite thing. So like you make your own like <laughs> character that fits in the world. Um, I made mine uh, a gray dog with floppy ears and named him Rags. Of course. Um, yes. Just like my, your uh, childhood uh, <laughs> stuffed animal. Stuffed favorite animal, stuffed yeah. animal. Um, and and by name him, there's no way to name him. But in my mind, he's Rags. In just your your head. It's just, yeah, in yeah, my okay. head, I've named him. Makes sense. Um, the. Uh, <sighs> So along the way, I guess like the the parts about that that I like are um, through by doing things like completing missions, uh, getting S ranks. Um, there are daily challenges that give you XP boost uh, and um, additional like just like normal challenges like you know finish this level in fifty seconds or something like that. Mm-hmm. You can collect outfit items like basically cosmetic items for mm. your creatable character cool. which is cool i like that it gives you like a good sense of progression uh, uh, in a way it's not like it's a little different because it's like you don't um you don't know what is possible to get before you get it so it's like you're, you're kind of um you're just getting all this stuff all the time it's a good reward after a like doing a, a level and getting like S rank and like being able to like, get all these unlocks and stuff like that. So that's kind of cool. Uh, the parts that I don't like are you have like these I forget what they're called, but they're basically a weapon slash um, traversal uh, tool that um, 
like there's a drill, there's like this like grappling hook thing, there's like a bunch of different stuff that you use. And there are certain levels that are earmarked specifically for you and your creatable character. And so like you have to use them there. Mm. Where in reality, honestly, if we're just being completely honest, I really just want to use Sonic all the time. Yeah. Also, like if I can be a this other character, why in the world can I not play as like Tails or Knuckles or you know the other characters that are in this game? Yeah. Uh, so like it's kind of like you replaced gameplay that I wanted with something mm-hmm. that I don't really want. But yeah, whatever, that's fine. I, like I, the other thing is like this game. I think the gameplay is actually pretty fun aside from all that, and like the concepts are fun. It has like zero. Um, cutscenes in it, like almost like there are there are cutscenes at the beginning of each like major thing that happens, and um, and even those cutscenes, like I, they're running on. I, I'm on the Xbox One X, which is currently the most powerful console on the market, mm-hmm. and I am still getting freezes, uh, weird. low low weird frame rates, like tearing. All this kind of stuff, and I'm like, this should not be happening no, right now. Not like, at all, especially in this like Sonic game. Yeah, I was about to say, like, <laughs> you know, what are they? What are they doing under the hood in the Sonic game that is like gonna like right? trying to push the Xbox One X to the max? You know, right? So just anyway. unoptimized, basically. But just to have a bunch of things to run through and like get S ranks on, like one of the things, one of the mechanics is also kind of like I like it, but it's all. It does what I think they want it to do. So if you complete your daily challenge, which your daily challenge could be something like super easy, like mm-hmm. hey, uh, you know, play a uh, play a level as um, classic Sonic or something like that. Um, if you do it, then it gives you an XP boost for a set amount of time. Cool. And so like, but I think that like number one, that also that makes it easier to get S ranks. So like. Say you get through a, a level and you would be you would get like an A or or a, yeah an A, your your multiplier could get you up to an S rank. And I also I feel like some levels that you have to have your multiplier on in order to get S rank. Unless I'm just like completely terrible, but like there um, some some levels I'm like there's literally no way like because I did this thing perfect as yeah. fast as I could I collected like 250 rings and I'm still nowhere close to an S rank mm. and then I and then I do it again with the multiplier on and I get an S rank easy peasy yeah. so I'm like eh, I feel like they want you to do that so uh, mm. you know it kind of like number one like on one level devalues the effort you put in to get an S rank yeah. but then on the other level like it makes you do those daily challenges what I, which is what I think they wanted you to do in the first place come yeah. back every single day to do so well I, I, I also remember like back in the day like with like Sonic Adventure 1 and Sonic Adventure 2 like I was on my way to having all of the Sonic Adventure 2 like all S ranks on every level and some of those levels were like super challenging like you just do specifically get it down <laughs> to the totally. right second you know where it's like this yeah. is no room for error um but if there's like a daily challenge where it's like oh it makes it like p- possible or easier or like whatever where it's like you don't have to be perfect you just have to get like 95 percent of the way there you know yeah. it's like okay that's i'm fine with that you know that's i can't it, remember it was was sonic adventure 2 like was it was it literally just time-based or did rings play into it? Rings played into it and time-based so like played into it. But okay. the majority so the of it thing, was... Uh, so it was all basically cumulative score. And so... But I don't think in most of the levels, like, there is a, a heavy weightedness to the speed because you wouldn't... 
like you can't get enough rings to make up the number of right. points that you would lose by like totally. going out of your way to get rings. You know, there's like there's yeah. no like secret ring cave that would get you to the point where like <laughs> you would uh you would make up that that time that you lost. So yeah, and it, and the same thing is is the case here. Like, there's no way you can literally get enough rings to even go up. You know, a quarter of a of a of a rank. Yeah. Um, yeah. And in this one, I do like how, like, so there's no, I don't remember what it was in Sonic Adventure. There's no, um, there's no, no limited amount of lives. Like, you can just, like, literally respawn at every checkpoint, like, in, nice. for infinity. But, like, it completely knocks your, knocks your score way down because it's like yeah. you get a bonus for not, um, having to restart. And then mm-hmm. the minute you, like, get past, like, two restarts, you're yeah. just, like, finish that I whole mean, course I, pr- I appreciate that like more so than like again Sonic Adventure like they used to do like you would lose lives and if you lost all your lives yeah. you would have to continue and it's like to hit right. a continue screen in like <laughs> 2019 just feels so like oh, it's like I don't even understand what that like why, why yeah, you know, like what, this, is, what does that mean anymore this is a weird holdover from the arcade world where like you needed to literally give it more money whereas yeah. like in 2019 what it means is you just hit the start button again you know and it's yeah. like okay well that's fine whereas like I also appreciated like um Mario Super Mario Odyssey it didn't have any lives like where you would yeah. lose coins like so you would lose the, you know your your currency that you're trying to build up over time but you would lose some of them whenever you would die and like that's fine like I'm also fine with that like where it's like okay yeah. there's some level of punishment to this where it's like okay clearly you're not doing well but like you also uh you also don't feel like you're being punished or like oh here let me put you in a timeout for 20 seconds here while you yeah. press the continue screen you know or whatever well the the i mean in sonic mania the the lives and continues were literally my favorite my least favorite mechanic in yeah. that game yeah and that's like and that's that's just again like that's how old sonic games were because it was this yeah. holdover from the arcade world that uh, everybody thought oh you know, there needs to be a failure you know that type of thing so um and super mario brothers and super mario world and stuff like that all the same thing like number of lives mattered a lot so we, you could you could basically fail at all of those games like you wouldn't be able to just like oh go after the boss again and again and again like there was a limit to it and you'd have to continue after a minute so yeah um Speaking of daily challenges, though, because I've been diving into Apex Legends uh, Season 2, which is very much fun. Um, they've changed the whole map shake and that whole thing up. They've added a new uh, hero, Watson, which she throws down uh, all these like uh, lightning fences, which is also really cool. I've, uh, at this point, accrued, I think, six or seven wins or something like that. So it is, uh, I'm definitely like in on the Apex Season 2. I'm very, very pleased with, with uh, how That's they've awesome. been shaping up that game. They have daily challenges now, um, and they have weekly challenges challenges uh a la like Fortnite, where it's they they stack where you can do all like oh any of the week's challenges from that are from the past you can do those right now and they accrue you a certain number of experience or they accrue you an extra battle pass level or whatever just to to complete them which is uh it's very it was much needed i feel like you know this update was like it came a little bit late for that game um and yeah so it's a it, it, but at this point i'm very much back into uh to apex legends so super fun man do you feel like the gameplay has changed at all with the new character, like the moment-to-moment kind of match-wise? Yes and no. Like, it didn't change drastically. Like, not every team you go up against has the new character on it, so it's like, mm, some of it hasn't. Um, but the new character, whenever you are on a team with that character or you go up against a team with that character, like, you have to be aware of a lot of things. Like, somebody, like, can hole up inside of a building now and essentially be impenetrable. 
Um, and so it's like, if you try to go in there, you're going to get wrecked. And so it's literally like changed the way you go after certain teams or it's like been like, well, I'm going to bail on that team and, and until the ring moves and forces them out of their hidey hole. Um, so it's, it's a really interesting way to look at this game where, where people would, it's, it was all about traversal before it was like, okay, the person who gets into the weirder position would be able to take out the other player. Um, or the person who can move around faster gets, you know, the jump on the other player. Um, and now it like literally makes camping a reasonable option. Um, mm. where you just get a bunch of sniper rifles, get a bunch of ammo and go to whatever the center of the circle is and just sit there. I kind of like that idea. It, I haven't played it yet, but that idea of that sounds great. Yeah. And it's like, it just definitely changes the vibe. Like whenever you either are on that team or you go up against that team, it's just, it changes it. It makes it feel, um, like, Oh, I can, I can choose now a different style of gameplay. Um, and even like early game with that character, like if you drop into a place that is really confined corridor wise and like you can just box people in where it's like literally they just have nowhere to go um, with all these fences that you can lay down uh, in, a, in a relatively fast uh, period of time. And so you can kind of funnel people to wherever you want their choke point to be. Um, and so it's, it's, it's a really interesting look at what Apex is now like it's like oh man i never would have thought that like throwing down fences would be that big of a, a game changer like it took me a minute to get used to that character's uh abilities as well and uh and that's a it, it's not something that i i got used to right away it was it was definitely something where i was like oh this is this is weird i'm not sure i like it um but then over time like realized what the strengths were so that's awesome well, cool. Well, um, we'll have to play that together sometime, yeah. and uh, I want to check it out. I'm like, I feel like unless I can be like close quarters, super twitch based, mm. um, I kind of want to be a defensive kind of player in yeah. general. Yeah. Um, so it, it it appeals to me. I, I dig it, man. We'll talk about uh, Lion King in a bit, but first, the news. The news! My cat Gizmo literally just looks like he like something crazy happened. He's like, "What is going on?" <laughs> you have <laughs> lost it. <laughs> Which it wouldn't be the first time he's thought that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Um, I, whenever the anytime like I'm watching any kind of sports game or something like that, and like you know, like whenever the Blues were were uh, in the the Stanley Cup recently, like yeah. you know, I'm like, yes, and like all the cats just like their tails poof up. They're like, what is going on? Why is it? What's <laughs> why is he yelling? I love it. I love it, dude. It's hilarious. Uh, all right, the news, John. Uh, so you have most of this news. Yes. Uh, so let's start with the first piece of news. The first piece of news, Chris. We're gonna we're gonna end with the video game news. Um, all right. But we're gonna start with a couple of quick hits. The first one is, um, the Mandalorian. Yeah. Apparently takes fifteen million dollars per episode to make. That's wild. And uh, uh, making the cost of the entire season nearly one hundred twenty million dollars. This is according to. Just insider reports. It's not. It's very vague, Chris. Oh, the yeah. Wall Street Journal. Okay, there we go. Okay, <laughs> I feel like that's reputable. Um, yeah. Uh, so the tie-in with uh, with the Lion King is uh, John Favreau is directing Lion King and he's doing the Mandalorian, which that's is really right. cool. Um, yeah, that's that's exciting. I'm I'm glad that uh, that Disney is investing in it like that. That brings it in line with the last season of Game of Thrones. I think the season eight cost ninety million mm. to make. And uh, um, that would put it at the six with six episodes. That puts it at like 15, 15 million an episode. Um, 
the other thing that that excites me that I like that that um, you know showrunners are able to do is that doesn't really mean that every episode costs fifteen million. Yeah. One could cost you know five, and the next one twenty five million. So like, uh, I'm interested to see like are there like these huge you know set pieces mm-hmm. or like what you know I mean I'm sure this is a pretty like graphics intensive uh, kind of show. Yeah, um, special effects. I mean. I, I would. I don't. I forget when it's set. Like if we've said when it's set, I don't know. But like, I mean, could we see something like the Death Star or like you know, like what what is in here? What is this? Yeah. Could we see giant space battles? I don't know. Yeah. Like, oh man, I, the whole thing excites me. Did you see the the thing from um, Star Wars Celebration? Yes. Well, yeah, dude. Oh, I, it so just good. looks so good. Like it, yeah. it looks fantastic, and like a lot of the you know the effects and things like that. Like you said, you mentioned like it's an effect heavy show. Even that like one look at it, like there were a few times where I was like, man, I was like that looks so good from a from a visual uh, perspective, like a visual uh, FX perspective. Yeah. Um, also, I need to send you this. Uh, I just thought of it on Twitter today. I saw somebody post uh, like basically. I think the Star Wars booth at Comic Con. Mm-hmm. They have this. They have like all the. Um, which we haven't talked about this. Maybe you don't know about this. Uh, Ooh. Are we talking about spoilers? Spo- how, well, it just kind of <laughs> depends on... It's a toy right now. Did you see the new toy that they released? Uh, the one we talked, oh, about, we talked last about last week? Yeah, yeah, we talked about last week. Yeah, we talked about last week. Never Sith mind. Trooper? Sorry. Yeah. Okay, so they have like all the stormtroopers and like, you know, different variations of them like uh, on mannequins kind of like lined up at, in, uh, at the booth and then above them they have this giant like super widescreen um, uh screen playing like this video documentary kind of about like this is how they kind of how this is how Ralph McQuarrie designed the original Stormtrooper and then this is what they wanted to do with the um sand or the 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 uh I forget what they call it the uh the basically the the ones that are in um uh the Return of the Jedi the oh speeder bike troopers what are yeah, they called yeah. um and then like whenever they did um uh, these different ones. I'll send it to you. And like, like they, you know, they pulled from like the clone trooper was like a cross between the stormtrooper and the Mandalorian helmet. Mm. And like, you know, they talked about that. And then they they show for a brief second. They don't really explain what it is. Or you don't see any like footage of it from the film. You see them like manufacturing and taking apart in the props department. Basically, the uh, new Sith troopers. Interesting. JJ talking about that. Interesting. But, um, yeah. I dig it. I, I I I love all that kind of stuff, you know, just like the thought that they put into the details and yeah. like why does this look the way it does and For sure. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, dude. I'm I'm excited like the the next Star Wars thing that we will see is The Mandalorian. It is? It's yeah, no. it, it's uh the released on November 12th, 2019, the same day that Disney Plus launches. That's so weird. It's very strange. Like, it's the next Star Wars thing that we will consume, which is really exciting. And I mean, it, also, it makes also sense wild. that they want it there at launch. Like, that totally makes sense. Like, why would you launch this yeah. new streaming service without the Star Wars television series that everyone's gotten so pumped about? Like, that's going to get, like, people subscribed, like, day one. I mean, literally, like, every Star Wars fan. I mean, it's like the, the cost for entry is so low that literally every Star Wars fan with the c- internet connection is going to be like, yeah. yeah, let's do this. Um, because it's a Star Wars thing. And it's, totally. it's apparently, like, what looks to be a fairly high-budget television show, you know, where it's like, this is, like, a lot of money. And uh, and so just 
the low barrier for entry there. I, uh, I appreciate that. Um, I also feel like that'll build hype potentially for the star Wars movie in, in December. So, uh, you know, it's, it, it'll be, uh, it'll be fun, a, a fun star Wars, the season. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm super excited about that. And honestly, like they have to figure out something because if it's going to be, you know, another what what do they say, 3 or 5 years something like that. Yeah. Um before we get uh, another Star Wars movie, like they're going to have to film that gap with things like this. Yeah. Yeah. And this is exciting. It's exciting to have this and uh, it's the first kind of first live action Star Wars television show. And so just, we have no idea what that even looks like or what kind of a mm-hmm. scope it has or whatever. So it'll be fun to see what potentially this and then any of the other ones that they might have in the works um, would look like. Um, in some other uh, film and t- news, fi- film on TV is what I was going to say, but this is film news. Uh, Thor 4 uh, is bringing back Taika Waititi to write and direct. So the writer and director from Thor Ragnarok is on board for the next Thor movie, which I was shocked about, first of all, because I was like, man, Taika Waititi did a great job with Thor Ragnarok. Probably still my favorite uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe film. Also, there's a Thor 4. You know, like I, that, yeah. that was the, I was like, wait a second. Did, had, did I know that there was going to be a th- no. another Thor movie? No. Uh, yeah, whenever I saw this news, I like looked up. I'm like, how is this just like, is this an an extra one from like the plan? Because like, this is the thing. What I kind of expected Marvel to do is what they did for. And I forget when they did this, but I feel like they did it for uh, once they got past Avengers one. They laid out, hey, here's the rest of Phase two yeah. and Phase three. Yeah, here's all of our films. So I kind of like I said, I still expect them to do that at some point. Yeah, to, I expect somebody to walk out there and be like, here's the next decade of our Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, uh, because like we have all these, we know that like, there's a Guardians three, we know that there's this, like we don't know when they are. But I was also wondering like how many films like is Chris Hemsworth done with his initial contract or what mm-hmm. is it? And, and 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 he is like this was basically after Thor Ragnarok and before I think it was after they filmed um, uh, Infinity War and Endgame, but yeah. it was uh, before it released. He made a comment that like, hey, yeah, I might be interested in coming back if. Uh, Tekawatiti comes comes back to direct. Yeah, you know, like, and it was like, okay, well, if I'm Marvel at that point, that is a no brainer. <laughs> of course, I mean, and they did really well, you know, financially, but it also was was so good creatively. Like, it was just different. Yeah. Um, and that's the fascinating thing. Like, you know, reportedly. Uh, Chris Hemsworth was basically like he was he was kind of done with the character after Thor two or is just like man this is kind of like a, a a bit of a bit of a a drag to put this much time into something and then like you know not not have you know fun or whatever and then like yeah. whenever Taika Waititi you know did Thor Ragnarok he was just like this it revitalized my my feelings about the character where I was just like this is this is fun again this is amazing yeah. so yeah. Well, and, and honestly, like we wouldn't have, we probably wouldn't have gotten uh, Thor Ragnarok had Thor one and and uh, Dark World uh, been financially successful, like yeah. or even like creatively successful. You know, like yeah. the uh, I think uh, like Gary Vee talks about all the time where he's like, you know, failure accelerates the rate at which you have to innovate, and so like the fact that they failed made like, hey, we either need to like not do this anymore. Or we need to make some changes and like everyone mm-hmm. loved the changes. So it's like, Hey, let's, let's keep on this train, you know? Yeah. I mean, and you have this, this, this actor and this character, you need to do something a phenomenal with phenomenal you know? actor and a yeah. phenomenal character. It's so it's like, yes. it's obviously like this isn't, <laughs> that's not the, the problem. Yeah. You know? That's not the problem. It's the approach we're taking to it. <laughs> right. And so, so obviously like you bring in somebody like Taika Waititi, who's like, you know, 
ridiculous creatively amazing That's, you know and you're just and completely yeah. out there like kind of an out of out out there kind of a director and and creator and uh and you go hey <laughs> take this thing that we know we know can be good and see what you do with it and you know obviously we get amazingness that is thor ragnarok kind of wish dc could figure that out like beyond <laughs> beyond shazam you know i think shazam was good and yeah uh, shazam was like the quirkiest of yeah. all of them agree you know and uh, I kind of wish that they would maybe inject some of that into some of their other movies. I mean, it's like clearly like Batman and Superman, like they're, they're they can be good. <laughs> yeah, they can be good, and they have been good in the past. Exactly. You know? Like uh, Nolan's Batman was phenomenal. Even like uh, Michael Keaton's, like the first two Batman movies were mm-hmm. phenomenal. Yeah, you know, um, the we've had good Superman movies. Superman, you know, yeah. And so yeah, it's just <sighs> like basically. Come on, like just put put this in the hands of the right person, and then yeah. you know go. Um, yeah, equip them in whatever way is possible. Uh, the last piece of news, Chris, to go along with last week's discussion about the Nintendo Switch Lite, um, Nintendo has a n- announced a new version of its standard Switch console. Um, and so I'm reading this from Eurogamer, uh, written by Tom Phillips. And the story is Nintendo has at last confirmed a new version of its standard switch console with word of an upcoming refresh, which features significantly longer battery life. It launches in Japan in quote late August. And they've also confirmed there's an update to the story where they confirmed that it will be in the UK in September. Um, I'm not sure when it'll hit the U S uh, shelves. Uh, I think I, I saw one place September that was like, well. August, but I would assume September. Yeah, like where it's like, oh, this is worldwide launch in September. Um, The new model, going back to the article, the new model, still just named the Nintendo Switch, will boast anywhere from 4.5 to 9 hours of battery, depending on the game you play. Uh, For Zelda Breath of the Wild, you'll get 5.5 hours of play. That compares to just 2.5 to 6. Uh, 0.5 hours battery for the standard switch model that is currently out um and that for zelda i I usually got about three hours like a little shy of three hours uh for for zelda breath of the wild um and let me see it has been revealed that the upcoming nintendo switch Lite clocks in at three to seven uh, hours for the battery too so it has the same as the current switch model this model just has like significantly more battery um let me go down here. Wait, I thought the light. I thought the light had more than our current switches. It has about a half hour of more battery life on Zelda, so three point five hours for Zelda. Okay. Um, so it sits kind of, I guess, in between the current model and then this like newer update. Um, this new switch is the same updated model uncovered in a recent filing with the FCC, which I mentioned last week, which noted that several components uh, in the existing switch design would be changing. The FCC listing stated that newer switch would gain a changed processor and flash storage, though there was no mention of a new battery. It's likely, then, that Nintendo is keeping with the standard switch's battery and is making up for this battery savings thanks to the efficiency of the new uh chipset that's inside of it so yeah so it has the same battery but new processor but the processor is more efficient so you get more battery life out of it this is a strange story (laughs) um i like number one i'm glad that i'm glad that this is happening because i think that you know that was like the biggest drawback to the switch in general was always the battery life yeah i mean if you're on an airplane ride longer than three hours and you're playing Zelda, you're just out of luck. Right. Um, and I do feel like, I mean, how long have we had ours now? Two years? Three years, I think. Three years? Let me confirm. Man. Let me confirm. I feel like 
the battery life has, I mean, just like anything electronic, but like it's started to deteriorate. Like I don't get as much out of my battery as I used to. Um, yeah, 2017. Being, so yeah, two and a half years. That being said, like I'm surprised that what I'm surprised by is that they're not like revamping the whole thing and position this as a new like release or yep. a like a quote unquote like if they slapped a new switch on it or if they like called it a pro version or something mm-hmm. because I mean even the serial number is just like it's like uh, on their website. Um, let me see if I can pull it up. It just like adds like an extra one at the end, and I'm like, oh, that's weird. Yeah. Like the, the only thing I can really compare it to is if you remember the Xbox 360 mm-hmm. er, early on had like a completely different um, uh, chipset and like even like the way that it was uh, manufactured onto the uh, the in the console, yeah. like the the reason like the red ring of death was happening is because like things were overheating and it was like screwing up inside there. And yeah. so like later consoles, they would look exactly the same. Yep. And even packaging would be the same. But like if you you could look at the UPC codes or the or the model numbers and figure out which which version it is. Is this the one that's likely at a red ring or is this the mm-hmm. one that's like actually good? Yeah. And it's not, and, and, and even like it would like later models would play games better yeah. because they used to do newer updated components. And like right. that just like, I don't know. It just astounds me. We just haven't, we haven't seen that since then really. Right. Um, but it kind of just astounds me that like, why, if it plays games better, I think we saw it with a new the, release, the uh, PlayStation VR. There was a PlayStation VR that had like a, an update, um, and the only difference between like the version one and the version two was like, oh, the version two you could tell that it was the version two because it came with headphones in the box or whatever, like or the headphones were different or something like that. So like there there has been some hardware, but not like a, a physical like the, the console. You know, it's, it's just not so like, weird because I, I feel like that's just like not super consumer friendly. You no. know. Well, I mean, like, in this make, like this like you said, like the serial numbers are different. Like they have like an additional one at the end, but then like in this one it says the new versions of the Switch uh, have a new bright red packaging, um, and so like the box is like there's a picture of it here, like it's like just bright red. Um, I mean, and, and even that's that's fine. That's fine for people who know, like you right. and I who know, right? But like for someone who sees two different consoles sitting on the shelf, yeah. one has different, like they both have different packaging. They're not gonna know. No, and so it's like you basically flip a coin, you know, whether or not you get the get like thirty percent more battery life or whatever, yeah. you know. So yeah, it's and it doesn't. You're right. It is not consumer friendly because it's not labeled as like now with increased battery life or anything like that. It's literally right. just like this is what the Nintendo Switch will become. Like yeah. I, I would assume by this holiday season, we will have like retailers will have cycled through all of their old switches. And now, you know, in, in 2020, we're looking at like the new switch is the only switch. Totally. Well, I'm glad that they're doing it. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It is. Um, Especially like, it makes I, me I, want one. But I like, I don't want to have to pay like brand new prices for it, but whatever. Yeah. And like, this is not a situation where like, it's, it's not enough of an upgrade for me personally to be like, I'm going to run out and, and buy this thing and upgrade my switch. Like, I feel like yeah. I'm going to hold on to mine until I need to replace it. And then whenever I do replace it, it'll be with this, you know? Yeah. For, like for me, if it was like, if it had either better resolution or like it, it, also like upgrade the graphics in some way that would be mm-hmm. a selling point for me right now like i mean the battery life it's great i mean it's actually it's a good jump yeah um but yeah you're right like it's just the worth well is it worth the trouble of like having to 
go out and get it and transfer everything over and yeah. sell the current one. No, not yeah. really. And I also think about like if so. We, they haven't talked at all like about they just said basically the battery life is the is the change but we haven't until we get it in somebody's hands we won't know if the flash memory thing is an actual thing like because if it, totally. if the flash memory increases like uh the the loading like if it, if it helps loading time it's like well maybe then like but uh, yeah again like it's it's if it's just the same device but it now with more battery life Ah, uh, you know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm hard pressed to, to, like you said, go through the trouble of like swapping out my current one and selling the old one and stuff like that. So yeah. Yeah. Is that the news? That's the news. All right. We finally come to the, uh, the review segment. That's We're right. reviewing The Lion King. Dude, The Lion King, man. The Lion King. Um, so we talked a little bit up, up top, but man, I'm um, just kind of jumping right into this. This movie looks great. Looks looks beautiful. Like um, the both the environments and the uh, the animals, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, they look they look fantastic. They really do, and like that's the. The interesting thing I mentioned earlier, like when that's kind of where I cut off from the conversation, um, and obviously we, this is we're gonna do a spoiler-free section. We'll do countdown for the spoilers, but again, this is the Lion King, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, if you, I mean, yeah, really, there's no. I don't know that there's any spoilers unless yeah. you just have not seen the first Lion King. Yeah, like I, 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 I feel like I've spoiled the Lion King in previous episodes of this very podcast. I am sure, and so you know, maybe we'll, like we'll do a spoiler countdown just for funsies. But like, keep on listening through if you if yeah. you've seen the original Lion King. There's no like, yeah. there's no real differences. We'll we'll jump in here real quick. Yeah, um, but Chris, the yeah. uh, the biggest thing like I, I forgot like about 15 minutes into this thing that I was watching CG. You know, after yeah. after the Circle of Life uh, thing ended, I was just like, oh, well, this is just basically. Like it was very rare that I was pulled out of it by like, oh, that's a fake thing, you know? Totally, uh, yeah, I, I agree. Like uh, the thing that, like, I think the biggest thing that I had to get past and over, and I, I eventually, like, it just didn't make any, it, uh, it didn't matter. Eventually, was just the uh, idea that the lions were moving their mouths to talk. <laughs> yeah, same like, with like I, Jungle Book. Like it felt like very much like that, where I was like, oh, I have to, I have to get used to this. Yeah. Oh, this is weird. Yeah, like. It, I, I, it was like, well, like I think like it was better than Jungle Book because yeah. they didn't move their mouths. I didn't feel like as much. Right. It wasn't. It wasn't as realistic to like human mouths. It was mm-hmm. just like they were opening them like animals would. Yeah. But I then remember. I was like, well, that's not how they talk, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember like there's that conversation. There was a conversation that one of the like the lead animators had with like a, a an outlet where like the outlet asked them like, how do you make you know animals talk? And he's like, well. You kind of have to do a little bit of both where like sometimes it's close, you know, it's like they don't move their mouths like physically like humans do, but like sometimes that feels weird. So you have to kind of like do a little bit more than what animals can do, you know, and so without being cartoony and they're like, so you have to kind of really ride that line. And so like what I want to see is like, there's got to be a cut somewhere of these things like just like flapping their lips all over the place, you know? (laughs) Well, I and I well, like what I was sitting there thinking. Yeah, that'd be ridiculous. What I what I was sitting there thinking, like, what would this feel like if it was like a Homeward Bound kind of style? Like they mm. talk, but we don't see their mouths move. Like mm. I'd almost, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I would almost, know? I would almost rather be like on that that side of things. Yeah, because like, uh, yeah, the, it, it, 
I mean, this may just be me remembering my child because I haven't seen Homer Bound in a long time. But <laughs> I clearly knew whenever Chance was talking, you know? Totally. Well, it's because of the voice, you yeah. know? I I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know what I, I what I want. You have to shoot those a little bit differently. Like where at least the first few times one of them talks, it has to be like a close up of their face to be like this yeah. voice with this character before you have them have like standing on a hill with like three different animals that are all conversing. And you're like, which one's talking? I don't know. Yeah. The, the one thing that I will say with the animation that like um, kind of would throw me off at times is like, I don't know that they a hundred percent got the weight right. And so, like, whenever, you know, one of these lines would jump off of something, I'm mm. like, that doesn't look like they weigh enough. Yeah, or, it, it felt like there was there was not enough impact on the yeah. environment as well as their own bodies whenever they would, like, land somewhere. 100%. Like, mainly their bodies. Yeah. And, and, and even, like, the difference, like, they got some things right in the difference between, like, the bigger lions and the smaller lions, but uh-huh. they still kind of moved and, like, their... Um, their their body would move at the same speed. I know that sounds right. weird, but like, right. so I have, I have, I have two, I have three cats as we've talked about. Gizmo is freaking huge. And he moves like, if he's just walking across the room, he moves slower than, um, our smallest cat boomer. Like mm-hmm. she, she looks like she weighs less. Yeah. He looks like he weighs more like yeah. because he has to support his own body. Well, and then whenever like, like he flops down, like lays down on the couch, like yes. it's the, something about like the way that his body like lands feels different than, than others. But like, in the, yes. like yeah, I, I definitely like there was a distinct moment where one of the lines laid down and I was like, was that right? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, and, and that's like a small, like nitpicky thing to oh, gripe yeah. about. So like, and I get that, but like, uh, you know, like, I feel like that's kind of a, a testament to like the fact that we are talking about that versus, you know, <laughs> versus the fur and, all looked or, wrong. orcs not looking, yeah, fur not looking wrong or, you yeah. know, orcs looking like they don't belong in the environment, you know, right. that kind of, type of stuff. Right. Uh, for the most part, I'm really impressed with things like, uh, especially, uh, I was impressed with focus in this. Oh, so man, like, yeah. there, there were times whenever... Like in that first opening sequence with the beetle, the camera would be focused on something that's not the beetle, and they animated it in a way that kept that intact. So like there's also yep. like there's a point where like whenever Scar goes back to Pride Rock, spoilers, and he's standing there talking to the uh, <laughs> talking to the the lion and yeah, uh, uh, Pride and um. He is hundred percent not in focus. Focus is like on the rock in right. front of him. Right. And but like I think that's probably how they shot it. Yep. And so then like he is standing there, standing there, and he's slightly out of focus. Mm-hmm. Like they've made it like match in yeah. a way that like I haven't necessarily seen like done before. Agreed. I mean, it felt like in that instance and in some other instances where you're like they're like, man, the focus like is not as is not as hard as it as it would be if this was done poorly where it's like, oh, this is just throw all the CG on there. Like with that moment, it felt almost like a Christopher Nolan thing where you're like, I'm not focused oh on gosh. the character. We're focused on the Freaking wall behind them. <laughs> makes me so upset. <laughs> <laughs> like I can't stand it, man. Uh, but yeah, like to, to basically emulate like that, Nolan. but in a digital frame, like in a digital yeah. film, like that's, that's so impressive, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 I thought the voice acting was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I like, obviously the music is great. I think that the, uh, the additional like, music kind of themes or songs were really, really good. Yeah. Um, I thought they all fit pretty naturally. There was only one moment where like, the only reason why I, I was like, 
oh, this is different and I'm not sure uh, that I like it as much as the original music is because they had replaced the original music and that was one of my favorite moments in the entire which like. One, which one was it? So we should just do the spoiler countdown. But uh, let's do the spoiler countdown. Yeah. So we're going to spoil this thing in five, four, three, two, one. Throw out a spoiler, Chris. Mufasa still dies. <gasps> and it's still... Freaking heartbreaking, it's man. Still gut wrenching. Oh, man. dude. Still teared up. Still cried like so many times. Yeah. The point that I'm talking about is whenever Simba was returning to Pride Rock, like returning to the, okay, his, yeah. his home, they yeah. uh, they put it's in the Beyonce song. The Beyonce song, which is a fantastic what's, song, what's and it goes really well. Um, it's this like Hans Zimmer score. Boom da 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 da. It's one that, of my favorite happened, things. I thought that happened at the end. That might have happened at the end too, but I don't know. But I, there was like some score there that, that he has as mm. you're running across. And it wasn't as extended as this one was. Like it was basically just like one scene of like the sun and he runs, you know, and you're like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the song fit fit just fine. I was just like, well, and you know, uh, and there, and there are little things with like, you know, like Hakuna Matata. Like I wasn't necessarily a huge fan about how like Pumbaa was off pitch the entire time. Yeah. Like that, that kind of bugged me. Whereas he's in on pitch in some of the other songs. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. that was a dumb choice. Uh, and so, like, yeah, there's there's little things here and there that I'm kind of like, you know, even with the music that I'm like, uh, you know, that's, like, different enough or, like, that's just, like, not appealing to me. Yeah. Um, but overall, I think they did a really good job with, yeah. like, keeping the spirit of it at least. Oh, yeah. Well, and definitely, like, I mean, even, like, the Hakuna Matata, like, I, I was able to get over that because it, I don't know. Like, there's there was some other other little quirky things that I actually liked about this one. Totally. I, the thing the thing I'll say about this is I I hesitate to say if I would ever watch this one over the original or ever listen to this soundtrack over the original. But it definitely has like it. It has a reason to exist. Like, I really like yeah. the the delivery. I really like all of the the uh, the the way that the music was produced and everything like it it feels right it just doesn't yeah. like the original in my mind is always going to be the lion king soundtrack and then any variations on that are like okay well this is like the broadway version which is also cool right. for its own reasons but i'm not sure i would ever like grab you know grab that a ton like other than the uh, additional songs that they had here and there um you know i don't know it's like the first one that you hear is going to be like the 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 one, and mm-hmm. so that's kind of where I land on a lot of the it's like Lion the King definitive stuff. version, yeah, yeah. Like, well, and I think that there were some like cool, and I do want to. I'm interested to go like back and uh, listen to the orchestral score because mm-hmm. like there were some cool like orchestral things in this that uh, I thought were like cool additions. Oh yeah, um, and oh. so I, I'm I'm really interested to go back and listen to to that part of it. Yeah, but like yeah, I mean this is the thing, honestly. At, there are there are like Hakuna Matata I think like made it into the like popular culture like lexicon of like You're everything. Right. You're right. And so like that's like the only song in there that did like and, you know even like Can You Feel the Love Tonight sure there was one in the movie but the one that like was super popular was Elton John's and it will yeah. continue to be popular. Yeah. You know well, so and like, honestly like honestly if I'm just going to stand here and, and, and talk about the, like that song in particular, like I actually liked this performance of that song better than the original movie version of it. Like which, it's not better than the Ellen John version of it. Oh, but, can you feel the love tonight? Yeah. Now? Can you feel the love tonight? Like, I mean, this version, um, with, with Donald Glover and, and, uh, and Beyonce, like, Oh my gosh, it was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And so, well, that's my point. Like, even so though, still the definitive version of that song is going to be Elton John's. Exactly. You know? So like, 
I don't know. You know, there's yeah. there's just variations on things. The for sure. The uh, the one thing like with these songs. Oh, so the other one was like uh, I think that I was kind of like eh, whatever. Was uh, be prepared. I think like the yeah. original be prepared is way better than this version. Well, this version was basically it was uh, just one chorus, verse and chorus. Yeah, it was it was of. truncated because, and I feel like I understand why they did that because like with the the vibe that they have got going on here, this real live action thing. Like if you if that scar had just started like ripping off the choruses of, uh, of <laughs> yeah. be prepared, you know, where, and had the, uh, had the, the hyenas like, you know, goose footed marching around, you know, it's like, Ooh, yeah. this is like, you know, that would just be really cheesy, you know, in, yeah. in this presentation, like just the live action presentation of this, like the fact that they were going for gritty real, you know, almost yeah. it's like, it would have felt really odd to go ahead and sing that song. That's the one that I was curious how they would do it. And I liked the choice that they made here, you know, where, where like he basically went into the song without me even realizing he was in the song for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We were halfway into the song before I realized this is a song. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, okay, that's cool. And so, yeah, like I, I get the, the hesitation of like, well, that one's not nearly as good, but I also like realized like, it's not one that you would put on and be like, yeah, let me listen to this song, but it's more like this is appropriate for this villain in this movie. So, yeah. Um, I do feel like they did a good job with, um, uh, just can't wait to be a King. Yeah. Like, because like, so there were some crazy, like ridiculous things in that where like, you know, all the animals are dancing and singing along and like they're doing these choreographed things. Well, like his head pops up in the middle of a bunch of flowers and stuff like that. Like it's, yeah, there's a bunch of trippy kind of, uh, kind of visuals in that too. Yeah. And I think they handled it really well by just like making it chaotic and kind of like, you know, uh, the, a lot of the animals just doing a lot of things, you know. And that, yeah, which I honestly like. It was, was it cool. was cool to see him interact with um, these other animals in a in a re- more realistic, like non yeah, yeah. non cartoony, non like kind of trippy kind of way, um, and still like have the same end result of like it being fun and it being like oh they all join in at the end and like you know this this hey we're getting away from Zazu fun thing you know so yeah. like i i really appreciated how they how they handled a lot of the uh that song in particular too even the visuals like so you know let's talk about just kind of the i i feel like this all just needs to be a conversation about like both of them because like there's it's hard to separate Agreed. the two well i mean but, they, like, they're this they're the same movie but just different presentations like i feel like it's it's as if someone like put up like oh here's the here's a picture now two artists with your own distinct styles paint that picture like paint a recreation of that picture and yeah. like that's kind of what we're looking at here where like one of them is is this you know a cartoon one of them is a a, a, a live action-esque animation so well so like and the thing is some of them like some of this is like sh- almost a shot for shot remake which i'm okay with man yeah. like because they're like iconic shots yeah. so i'm like if this was not here i would wish it were here you know yeah, like with if the, they did something the different yeah, Wildebeest, The Sun, Pride Rock. Like, if they didn't do it, I'd be like, well, why in the world didn't we do it? You know, mm-hmm. like, and so, like, I feel like it's kind of a catch-22, so you err on the side of, like, well, let's just do it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. that's what we have to do. And, and then, But then I'm also, like, I love, like, things like um, whenever Simba's with Rafiki at the pool. Yep. And, like, in, in the movie, Mufasa's, mm-hmm. like, his whole body is made out of these clouds, you mm-hmm. know? And, like, but this was just, like, it's more uh, uh, the the lightning and the clouds, like whenever yep. it would flash, made it look like Mufasa's face. And I'm like, yeah, I and love it's like that, it's almost like you're like, oh wait, did we see? Did we did we see what uh-huh. we think is, we is saw? Is he there? Yeah, it's so fast. You're like, oh, is it there? Is he really here? Like, 
I don't know. Like, I feel like that's, that's, I love both of them. Yeah. Uh, let me just say, I love like Rufus just rolling in and walking real slow on these mm-hmm. clouds. Like that's just a cool visual, but I also love this too. Yeah. Agreed. And like, I also feel like that also fits with the kind of more realistic, uh, aesthetic that they had going on in this movie too. Cause again, like lightning looks like weird things in clouds and cloud formations totally. can look like weird. And so like, it's, is, is, is he there? Is he actually talking to me? Is this in my head? Is this like, just, you know, my, my conscience is this, whatever is happening. It's, you know, it, it makes it more real where you're like, Oh, you, there's at least this question in your mind of like, you can, you can use logic to like make it real or yeah. you can just believe that he's there. And, uh, and, and that's fine too. Like either, take is is equally valid whereas with the cartoon like i always just was oh he's just there you know yeah so i loved and so like there were some changes in this you know i loved timon and pumbaa yeah uh and the jokes that they were some of them were the same but some of them were different i like my one of my favorite parts in the entire movie is whenever uh timon starts singing be our guest (laughs) oh dude that was perfect It was perfect. It was literally the best. And it's perfectly delivered. And yeah. it was perfectly timed, like the comedic timing of cutting it off. It was perfect. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Timon uh, was probably my favorite character in this because of yeah. because of the care and level of detail, not just like from the acting performance, but also from like whoever animated and like the, the people that like planned out his, his motions and like what he was doing, like he would be talking and he would like also be paying attention to like a bug down here. And like, then, (laughs) you know, he would, there was a, and can you feel the love tonight? Whenever he's like, saying all of this romantic atmosphere, you know, it's disasters in the air. Like there's a flower sitting next to him. They tries to push away where he's like, Oh, this romantic yeah. atmosphere. And it hits him in the face. You know, whenever he like, it just gently brushes his face and he's like annoyed at it a little bit. Yeah. So like, it's just, just these little tiny little like missable, perfect moments with him <laughs> were like my favorite things. Yeah. Ag- agreed. Uh, yes, totally. Uh, well, with both him and Pumbaa, because yeah. like they were saying, like saying stuff, uh, Pumbaa's Seth Rogen and then, uh, uh, Billy, Billy Eichner, I think is, uh, yeah. Timon. Um, and like, they just did, you know, that they just riffed on a bunch of things. I don't like, and I kind of like, I will say the one thing I was disappointed about, um, was, uh, were the hyenas. Like I was like, mm. I don't need them to be as goofy as they were, you know, like, and just like yeah. slapstick, you know, necessarily, yeah. but I wanted them to have more of a like fun personality than they did. Yeah. Um, I expected more, more of, of that from, especially like, uh, um, uh, Keegan, Michael key. Mm. Like I expected like a little more comedy. Yeah, and like I get that. Like I, I, I kind of wondered about that as well, and that's kind of like what led led to a lot of the fact that it's like this feels very like feels a little bit darker, like because it is a little bit more serious. Because there's yeah, less, they're like they're, they're not they're not funny at all. Really, yeah, I there's, mean, there's zero humor to them. Really, you know. Like, uh, well, and I guess maybe so. Let me walk that back for a second. I think there was an attempt at humor. It was the whole like you know you're you know, you're sitting right next to me and you keep yeah. following me around like that kind of thing. But then they like overplay that same joke mm-hmm. like two more times. And I'm like, why? I don't know. Yeah. You have funny people in these roles, like yeah. really creative, creative, like, uh, actors. Like why are, why, why not play to their strengths? Yeah. And like, that's, I, I expected just based on who like they cast in those roles. I, again, like you, like you, I expected it to be a little bit more funny. Um, and like you said, like, it's not like it was completely, dry uh yeah. of humor but it was like there were moments where i was like you know it was very very 
dire for them, yeah, this, you know. Well, and yeah, and this is just this is an attempt at humor, but it's not funny. Yeah. You it know? didn't like, break. It didn't break the tension. Like it was. It was. No. It, was a, it was humor, but it didn't break any tension whatsoever. Well, and and like honestly, like and again, I don't need it to be as goofy as a cartoon because you can be right. a lot more like weird and off the wall in a cartoon, and it still makes sense and be serious than you for can sure. in something that's you know looks is is basically live action, mm-hmm. but like. I think like the the goofiness in the first one in the original like honestly like that made it more sinister to me because it's like you're literally like joking around about killing and eating people like that's pretty crazy yeah you know that's, that's like not normal yeah that's I mean that's and that's true you know and then then it like honestly that, that makes me th- like fear you more than if you were like serious about it that's true because like and honestly as a kid like they, they were real threats um totally. the hyenas definitely yeah. felt like really you know threatening um and you know definitely like you you understood like the 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 motivations that they would have to you know and it's, it yeah. wasn't just you know completely um scar manipulating them into this it was just like you know they, they had motivations as well and i understood those back in you know as a kid and you get that here but it's just like yeah you're like like some of the humor is sucked out of it slightly because of one reason or another um yeah i do feel like at the end whenever they you know turn on scar i also felt like that was a little bit more impactful for me in the original um, agreed well it was like it's more they make a it's they make a bigger point of um, highlighting the fact that they realize that Scar is just using them. Yeah. Like, they they end up realizing that. Like, and then this one, you, you get this, like, one shot that they have. It's almost like they forgot to put it in. It's like, oh, we need these hyenas to hear this. We yeah. should just show them standing there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Whereas, like, I feel like it, all through that battle in the original, I, I felt like they kind of, like, realized, wait a second, we're the ones who are getting hurt here. We're the only yeah. ones who are taking any risks fighting these uh, these lions. And, totally. you know, whereas Scar was just kind of, like, in the background or whatever, then he ran away at the end, you know? So it's yeah. like, oh, man. This is a weird thing for me to, like, this is jumping into something else entirely. Yeah. It's a weird thing for me to, like, wish was in this one. I loved in the uh, original movie whenever they find Simba in the desert and um, Pumbaa picks him up on, on his horns. On his nose, yeah. And, yeah, and that carries him. Like, yeah. I wanted that to happen. That's what's, like one of my what's funny is I'm, I'm sure that that's because that size-wise, it just would never totally. work and no. would never happen. And so they were like, ah, well, we can't just do that. Weight-wise. So, um, like, but I'm yeah, sure I, I Simba also, as a cub like weighs a lot. Oh, dude, like he he, I'm sure he does. Like, and I'm sure that you know, just Pumbaa, like a little warthog, would not be able to like handle no. <laughs> handle that. Um, I do think like that conversation that Timon and Pumbaa had, I thought that was really funny. I thought that was like, I mean, they have it in the, the original as well, but it's just like, it's just a funny, like the way that it was delivered, the way that those characters were introduced, mm-hmm. I would say of the, all of the characters, they were the most different than, uh, yeah. than yeah. everybody. And I appreciated that. Um, I also liked Zazu in this one a lot. Um, and he was basically the same character, but different, you know, lines and different characterization, uh, yeah. obviously. So, well, and but, like he yeah. had to be like more so, I feel like, because he is like more quote unquote real. Um, True. And, and then, like, it's interesting to me, like, watching this right after watching Aladdin, because I think that Timon and Pumbaa were treated in much the same way that the genie was treated in that like mm. you kind of have to make him your own like get actors that are going to make them your own mm. because that's going to be a better performance in the end than if you uh try to redo 
Robin Williams or try to redo Nathan Lane. You right. know, like you right. can't do that. You just can't because they right. have such big personalities already, like those original actors. You can't emulate that. You have yeah. to have someone else with as just as big of a, as a personality and replace them with that, basically. For sure. And the, you feel like, you know, whenever the, Aladdin was announced and Will Smith like was like, oh, you know, was going to be the genie. I remember thinking like, you know, I'm actually fine with that because like Will Smith is the type of actor like he's he's experienced enough to where he's not going to accept a role that he doesn't think that he can like do well you know where it's like he's you know and in this case you know same with these two actors where it's like they're not going to take this on unless they have something that they can offer this can role. bring yeah yeah like yeah, I, I, mean, I have something to bring to the table for this character and you know whereas like if you just get like oh just some random you know no name or or whatever you're like i have zero confidence in what you're bringing to the table here, i mean you I, know? I i didn't i didn't necessarily like i mean i i, I think that will i was very impressed by will smith yeah because like honestly I did not have that kind of confidence in him because, like, I mean, you know, I've seen I've seen things like After Earth, man, and it's oh, just the worst. Oh, dude. Uh, so, like, I don't have a super like a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of faith in him sometimes. Um, but he did great, you know. Like, and and um, they, I, I just I just love that they took the same approach here. You know? Agreed. Like, Agreed. Uh, um, I also think like with with this one with the way that the uh, those characters like they aren't as like they have their their part to play, right? But like with Zazu, it's like he has obviously has to hit these like two beats, and those are the only yeah. times he's really in the movie. But as like with Tomo and Pumbaa, there's so much room to like as you know, you're just basically like there to save Simba and Hakuna Matata, and then anything in between, we can just like do whatever we want, you know. So the one thing I do want to touch on just a little bit and kind of get your take on as well is like, so there were parts in this movie where I felt like. I felt like the pacing was pretty consistent, but I also felt like some parts just felt rushed. But then I look at the runtime of this movie, mm. and it's like a half hour longer than the cartoon. Yeah. And I'm like, because, you know, uh, specifically the times I'm thinking about are um, like when when uh, Nala shows up in the jungle mm. and meets you know, uh, Simba immediately. She's like, we got to go back. And then like, we sing like part of a song. Can you feel the love tonight? And then all of a sudden, like she understands that, you know, like what he's been going through a little bit more, but then he like immediately when he decides to go back to that whole change happens real fast. And it doesn't seem like he, like in the original, I feel like I felt like that he had more of a plan than he did in this one. Mm -hmm. Um, and those aren't just two examples. Like there were just times that just felt like rushed. I don't know why, it's fascinating to me, like whenever I have gone back and watched a lot of like animated uh, Disney movies, because I've been I've been like slowly rewatching through all of like the, the the Disney animated movies, and it's amazing to me like looking at them now. And whenever I watch them, I'm like, wow, that 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 did not take long. Like we are we are already here, you know. Um, yeah. Whereas like as a kid, I remember there like there being a feeling like it was longer, feeling like there was so much more there than is actually there. And I'm not sure if that was just like me, like in my head expounding on things or what, but that could just be one of those. I'll need to like rewatch the original Lion King to find out. But I would, cause like the sequence of events in my head is exactly the way it lays out in this movie. But like you said, like for some reason it did feel rushed to me a little bit in this one, specifically the time that Nala showed up, like the time between that and then can you feel the love tonight? Like, 
for some reason yeah. in my head, like, I thought that there. yeah, I thought that they, like there was some sort of like a build up to like them being in love and then like being at the end of that song where you know they have the argument about like whether to go back or not. Yeah, it's just it, there. There are a lot of things happen in rapid succession in this one, and I think that that's how they happened in the original. It just felt longer. I don't know. Right. Well, and they must because like it's not a longer movie. It's a half no. hour shorter. Yeah. The, the like, places that we like ex- me. the p- places that we extended things that I actually really appreciated in this were a lot of the scar scenes. Yeah. Um, where like he's interacting with uh, with with the the pride or whatever. Like I feel like that scene was a lot I mean, longer in this one. Um, maybe I don't know. Like I just uh, uh, that does make me be like, where did all the where's all the extra time at? Like, yeah. Yeah. Where did, they, where did it all go? Yeah, because like it's like, well, this is like twenty minutes longer. Like, where that's that's a lot of time. That's a whole like episode of The Office or whatever. Like, where did we fit another episode of The Office into the same story? Well, even even things like, and I guess maybe Scar, maybe Scar's like place. Maybe he lived a lot closer to Pride Rock than I thought originally. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, even in the beginning, whenever young Simba, like mm-hmm. he's he's playing. He decides um, he doesn't want to go uh, back and play with the. Uh, yeah, um, the Cubs, and then he follows that bug, and then all of a sudden he's there in yeah. Scar's play. I'm like, that felt like that was like forever, five five steps away. Yeah, and, and but in the past it felt like he was really far away. Yeah, in this it's just like he's five steps away from like the right. Pride Rock. Like, right. Well, and then like you know you figure like oh he goes well. Uh, maybe that's part of like what they were going for in this one is oh is that today you know where he's like it's like it's even more offensive because he's literally like downstairs you know yeah yeah he's (laughs) gosh maybe i maybe that's what it is (laughs) i mean there's there are moments like that with him and mufasa where like he mentions um in this one that he's like you know you beat me for the uh for for being king you know before and like that never that context was never in the original um but that's actually how like lions determine who the leader of the pride is is that like whenever a lion comes up to challenge they they literally fight for it and it's not like they fight to the death but they fight to submission and then whoever the one who wins is that's the new leader and they go until you know somebody can either beat them or they die you know so like and so like that like context for uh scar and mufasa was super interesting and I really liked that they brought that element into it. So I think like there were some moments like that where they inserted some extra like hinted at backstory or some extra like little you know context for the scar like being as evil as he is or being like you know removed from the other lions in some way. And I feel like that's you know obviously that's like a throwaway line that takes like ten seconds to to say. So that's not where the twenty minutes ended up. But I do think that, that additional level of detail. Um, you know, it's it, it plays into the whole thing. Maybe they also talked slower, Chris. <laughs> I mean, maybe they they could have. I mean, the other thing, like uh, to that point, like the one thing I felt like I was missing with Scar though was like I felt like in the first movie there was a little more of like, he's like, oh poor Simba, you know, yeah. you're so like this, yeah. like, but I'm really the victim here, you know. Like I didn't really feel like he was making himself. Uh, I just didn't. I didn't sympathize with Scar right. in the same way. He was less manipulative in this one, but more. Um, I think. I, I mean, I think he was just as many. It was. I felt like the manipulation felt more real in this one mm. because, like, whenever, especially when he's standing there, like talking to Nala, I'd be like, "Hey, be my queen, and you know, or else, you know, you and your your pride aren't going to be able to eat." Mm-hmm. You know, like that's yeah. super manipulative. Yeah, yeah. But, but it's, I mean, it's I guess less, like, like I, less emotionally to his own manipulative. Self, I guess. Yeah. I, th- I think like in the first one, I, I felt like he had. He's basically manipulated himself into believing these things. Yeah. 
in this, I didn't really get that. Yeah, I know that's that's a that's an astute observation for sure. Like, cause that's yeah, cause he's like, he uh, he he believes his own man- emotional manipulation, you know, where it's it's yeah. and it's less like you know overt extortion and more like, oh, I'm just like, I'm the you know, I'm I'm so put down upon. Oh, poor yeah. me, you know. Yeah. And he believes all of that as well, and you know, all that leads to you know these horrible things that he does so yeah i mean that's that's a really good observation of like the difference between this scar versus the uh the the other scar i almost said the animated scar but again Chris, the animated scar. They're, they're both animated both animated yeah um is there anything else we want to we want to talk about i mean I, I mean there's a lot of things i just freaking loved you know i, yeah. I love the beginning and like with mufasa and showing him the pride land and it just like felt can so we much just more talk real. about like we haven't talked about mufasa yet dude oh man mufasa, mufasa in this is 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 like it's so funny like to hear james Earl jones like do this do the same lines and like so much additional yeah. like ones for context or like for for clarity or whatever but like holy cow it, it's the same Mufasa. Like it, it's mm-hmm. a different scar, like, but it's the same Mufasa, you know, yeah. it's, this is yeah. perfect. Totally. And at the same time, I, I like, I know like in the back in the day it was made up, you know, a big deal was made that, Hey, this is Jonathan Taylor Thomas. But like, I didn't even really, really realize I, like this felt like the same young Simba too. Yeah. Um, older yeah. Simba felt, felt a little bit different. Um, but younger Simba felt exactly the same. Yeah, definitely the same personality. Like where you're like, oh man, like this is the the same like the the same um, motivations, the same like reasoning behind all this. Stuff. Like it all. Yeah, you're right. Like that that may, that's a good good one too. Um, I love that dude. I love when Rafiki shows up. Like that that scene is just so cool. And it's it, I think I mean Rafiki. The changes they made to Rafiki are interesting as well. He's Agreed. less like. I don't really know why, like what what why, but he's he's a little more like honestly he's a little more crazy because like he you know like he seems um, a lot more mysterious and like he's just doing his own thing. Whereas in the first in the original, I felt like it it made more sense why he was drawing Simba's you know like mm-hmm. you know picture on the tree. Yeah, where you're uh, like, oh, this is an integral part to their uh, to their you know to their community or whatever you know. Yeah, like the staff. For some reason, the staff. When he pulls out the staff in this movie, it's like it's like an action hero finding his yep. his uh, his beloved weapon or something. Yeah, I'm you're like, like well, dude, there's some backstory here. You know, but like in the first one, like he used the staff in the ceremony. You know, uh-huh. so like I, you know, I don't know. Like it's just like yeah. well, I don't know why we specifically made these odd changes. Yeah, and it's like it's it definitely is a, a distinct choice, and I do like the fact that like whenever he does show up in the woods there or in the in the jungle there with with Simba, it's like it's basically the same, but it feels a little bit more um, dark or uh, you know some you're like well you know what is this what is this person doing like he's he hasn't yeah. seen Simba since he was a kid or whatever and so right. like it does feel a little bit nefarious at first and uh and I appreciated that that was a difference whereas in the original it was just kind of like well this is clearly this person's n- not out to hurt you or not out to right. like you know for harm but like in this one you could if you didn't know already you could pr- pr- you know presume that oh man this is kind of scary you know because it's it is I did also I did um, yeah. also miss the uh, the whole um, it doesn't matter because it's in your past conversation like and they, I don't you know they didn't necessarily I don't I don't necessarily need Rafiki bopping Simba on the head in this right. one for it to happen but like I just I love that conversation that's just a cool like it is uh, point in the movie and, and that, that's actually whenever I feel like in the original 
Simba makes a change in the way that he's thinking about things. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas they kind of put that conversation on Timon and Pumbaa, and I don't think it had as big of an impact. That's true. That's very true. Um, I do think like it's interesting. Like it, it, I think it, it happening earlier, whenever he's like a kid or whatever, like that makes a lot more sense. Whenever he would assimilate that into his personality and be like, okay, I'm ready for you know, ready to accept that and to, to, to move on. But like, yeah, like the, the conversation, it, it means a little bit more, has a little bit more weight whenever it came from Rafiki. Um, I feel like it had more weight and I feel like the time at which it happens, it makes more sense as well. Because if he really wasn't, if he really believed that he wasn't hung up on the past, mm-hmm. then he would have gone, he would have, whenever he met Timon and Pumbaa, then he would have just gone straight back to yeah. Pride Rock then. Yeah. Like that was the problem. He's he's hung up on his past of like what he thinks he did, you know, quote unquote. Right. And like until until he gets rid of that baggage, that's when he may you know, can make the decision to go back. Right. Whereas this in this movie it feels like he just does it more out of duty to mm-hmm. like his dad than anything. Yeah. Yeah. And then like that that also like it it, it happening directly before the Mufasa conversation or whatever, like, you know, it's, yeah. it, it feels like that primes essentially like primes him for this revelation of yeah. like, you know, remember who you are and also not getting hung up on the past because it's the past. Like, and, and like, yeah, having those two conversations back to back, I feel like they also like they, they gel in a good way. And that totally. also could be why that, that moment feels a little bit rushed because we, Maybe. we skipped a conversation essentially, or we had it earlier. We rather. had it earlier in a different context. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. We, I think we've uncovered it, John. We've solved it, Chris <laughs> solved the Rubik's cube. <laughs> oh man. It's interesting. Like the, uh, the, the changes that they made and like realizing like where those changes are and then thinking about like why potentially those would be, I do appreciate mm-hmm. the Rafiki thing, like the staff. Like I loved that moment in this because I, th- again, like whenever he pulls out the staff in this one, you're like, yes, it's the staff. Yeah. And then like you said, the way he looks at it, you're like, there is some backstory that I want to know <laughs> about here. You yeah. know? I mean, I'm glad that they included it. Cause I like the whole, honestly, I was like, why where's Rafiki's staff? Like, what, what is he doing? <laughs> Who is this guy? Yeah. Um, Uh, And the way he wields it is also really like, because obviously like, you know, him flinging it around like a, uh, you know, like a bow staff, like a ninja would or something. It's like, that's not, that's (laughs) not what would happen here. But him just like smashing uh, hyenas with it was great. (laughs) I mean, there are are monkeys in Asia. He could have, you know, learned it from some trek up in the Himalayas (laughs) or something. I don't know. Tibet. You never know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. His his monkey <laughs> monkey cousins. I mean, I just I I liked the club, you know, personally. I mean, so. I I agree. Yeah. It doesn't it, it doesn't make any sense really, but like I, you know. But I'm glad they included it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, anything else? I don't think so. I mean, we've talked music, we've talked direction, we've talked the 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 look and the aesthetic, we've talked the acting, we've talked the story. I don't know what else there is, man. All right, let's rate this thing. Oh man, it's a tough one because like the original, I I would say the original is like a ten, like to me, agreed. you know. Yeah, and agreed. so like this already is starting from a, a point of like being like really good, man. Um, I don't know. It's just it, it's it's hard to compare this one to to rate this one based on like knowing the original and then what this one is. Um, I want to say, in, judging from like how much I enjoyed this one today, like coming out of it today, I was just like, oh, this is yeah, uh, this is a solid do. nine. 
I'm going right. to leave it leader that. I mean, it could be like an 8.5, but it's like that feels wrong because it's Lion yeah. King, you know? I'm going to give this 9.5. Nice. I'm going to say like this was uh this was uh this was really good. Like I would I would watch this one. I mean, there are t- I wouldn't say this is better cuz I still again, I give the first one. Yeah. I agree with you. It's a perfect 10. Yeah. Uh but I would pull this out instead of the other at times to watch this. Yeah. Well, I mean, and definitely like, I, I think I'm going to try to go see this again in a theater, like with amazing sound as well, just to, at the very least to listen to the soundtrack again yeah. um, in a theater. Uh, I remember going to see the, whenever they re-released uh, the Lion King to 3d um, years ago at this point, I remember I saw that one twice in theaters because I wanted to hear the songs in the surround yeah. sound. So, I mean, yeah. like, and that, that's that alone, like can, can make a movie really really perfect to me like really totally. really strong so you know agreed well cool man well next week um we are going to talk about what do we say oh GameStop's recent uh moves yes they've been making and, moves yeah they've been making moves and they've been uh, getting themselves into some uh weird predicaments <laughs> definitely <laughs> and we'll and we'll talk about it um other than that you have anything else I don't think so, man. I think yeah. uh, there's a there's a couple of games that are coming out like soon. Fire Emblem uh, Three Houses comes out, I think, next week. But obviously, that's like an 80-hour game that I probably won't be able to put very much time into at all, if any. Actually, I think it comes out Friday, so after we record next week. Um, so anyway, so be listening for for some updates on that in the uh, in the coming weeks. But uh, but yeah. At some point this summer, we need to do our, uh, our annual on location. Yeah. We, we skipped it last year, and yep. I'm uh, you know bummed about that. But we Me can't go too. back in time, John. You gotta forget about the past. That's right. Keep moving forward. <laughs> and, Hakuna Matata. Uh, Hakuna Matata. And uh, we're gonna do one this year, so we need to do a, our, an outdoor one or on location. It's not really outdoor, on location. I dig it. And most then, of them have been outdoors, though. Most of them have been outdoors. I mean, have any of them not been outdoors? Uh, no, they've all been outdoors. Because even the the on location that we did on my front porch or on my back porch, rather, like overlooking yeah. the skyline of the city, like that, you know, that was still. So been, well, outside. no. I, when was the was our on location one time at my house with uh, with Matt Dean? It was. You're correct. So that was inside. Okay, yeah, so that was inside. Um, so on location, we'll do one of those, and we need to do our uh, our annual what games are we going to purchase by this fall kind of conversation. Ooh, maybe that, that one be. would be next week. That one might be a good one for next week or, or the uh, week after. I mean, I feel like that one needs to wait just a little bit, but, but games start coming out in September. That's what I was about the, to say. I mean, I'm, I'm you know, planning on buying the uh, Fire Emblem uh, Three Houses next week. And so, like, that's probably the, right. what I consider the first purchase okay. of my fall purchases. So. Well, maybe we'll, maybe we'll, uh, we'll do that the week after we do uh, GameStop then. I, I dig it. I dig it. All right. You can find us online at stayintargetpodcast.com, on Twitter at ChrisWright250. And JohnWright777. And at Stay in Target Pod, please go to your podcast service of choice, review us, tell your friends about us. We really appreciate it. That's it for this week. We'll see you next time on Stay Stay on on Target. Target.